Hi, everybody. This is Science Modeling Talks, the podcast that features top modeling instructors and thought leaders sharing ideas. I'm your host, Mark Royce. Remember to visit sciencemodelingtalks.com to access extra content related to our interviews and to learn more about our guests. While you're there, share your thoughts and comments by clicking the link that says, Tell us what you think. We really want to hear from you. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. My guest for this episode is Dr. Mark Lattery, who received a PhD in experimental particle physics and a master's of education in curriculum and instruction from the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. He's a distinguished professor of physics at the University of Wisconsin in Oshkosh, a member of the AMTA board, president of Modeling Teachers International, and he's also the director of the Next Generation Modeling Course for Teachers, a master's program focused on modeling method. Dr. Lattery is also a recipient of the 2021 David Hestinus Award for exceptional contributions to modeling instruction. His research interests include physics education, experimental particle physics, and the history and philosophy of science. Dr. Lattery has published in several journals, such as Physical Review Letters, The Physics Teacher, School Science and Mathematics, Physics Education, and Science and Education. He's the author of the book, Deep Learning in Introductory Physics, Exploratory Studies of Model-Based Reasoning. The book was published in 2017. Here's my conversation with Dr. Lattery. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Hey, Mark. Well, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation today, and I know it's going to be really interesting to our, our listeners because you've got this wonderful experience and you've been involved with a lot of really, really cool things. Uh, when I was reading about you, uh, I saw that one of the things is that you're a member of a group called the Panda Collaboration at FAIR. And I have no idea what that is. Now, maybe some of our listeners do, but I don't know what that is. So I'd love for you to explain that. To me. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm surprised that you noticed that. But uh, uh, yeah, a little background. I'm a professor of physics at uh, the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. So I'm, I'm an experimental particle physicist by training. So, in addition to my work in physics education, mm-hmm. I'm also a member of this Panda uh, collaboration. Um, uh, what can I tell you? Panda is it, it, Panda stands for Anti-Proton Annihilation at Darmstadt, which is this city in Germany. And uh, the Panda Collaboration is a group of several hundred physicists who work at the Panda Experiment, which is this collider and particle accelerator hmm. at the facility of anti-proton and ion resource. So, you know... Um, Problems that I work on there, and the problems I always find most interesting and challenging are uh, are the ones that have to do with teaching and learning. So I'm in the midst of a book project, actually, right now, and uh, we're using uh, modeling method, model-based inquiry to train physics teachers and university physics students in experimental particle phys- physics. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a book, uh, something like 300 pages now, that has been piloted with six undergrads and... Uh, 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 a couple of practicing physics teachers, and it's like you know the latest project that I'm working on. 
You know, I've always kind of wondered, I've heard about particle accelerators and is it what the halon colliders or, you know, okay, once you've collided particles, <laughs> what is it that you guys learn when you, when you do that? What's the, what's the end goal? Well, the, the <laughs> uh, I get this question a lot. Uh, the important thing about what you're doing at these colliders is it's not about the particles. That's that's centrally what you're interested in. It's about the models. Hmm. Uh, you want to, you know, ultimately physics is the study of how, of how things move and the rules by which nature follows. Uh, so you can anticipate how a particle moves ahead of time and leverage that to your advantage in creating things. And, and so, so uh, yeah, so yes, we collide particles. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can create new particles in those collisions. We can, and then the you know often the particles we create are really unstable and they bust into a billion pieces. And we're trying to reconstruct the explosion and everything. But all of that is it's 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 centrally our interest is centrally not about the particles. It's about understanding the underlying rules by which the particles move and interact with one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Uh, here's this focus on modeling again, where um, you're trying to construct models uh, that uh, extend your view of of the universe. And uh, hopefully you can come up with uh, a simple set of rules by which all particles obey so that you can kind of c- consolidate your knowledge in a relatively small uh, area of intellectual space. And so... Um, uh, that's 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 what physicists are up to with those colliders. And there's a a model, a really successful model that uh, that uh, we've been you know testing and revising for for decades called the standard model of interactions. And so our goal is to basically to push that model to try to to try to you know find its weaknesses. And uh, you know once we do, it might mean you know replacing that model uh uh or correcting it somehow um mm. and uh, yeah anyhow that's 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 the work of a particle physicist it's fascinating and you know i never would have thought about the fact that you're involved with cre- creating models to understand what's actually going on in that you know in those uh, collisions and stuff um yeah you've done a lot of study in modeling theory and can you talk tell me a little bit about that especially as it relates to modeling instruction like the focus of amta (laughs) um yeah modeling theory okay um First, before I answer that question, my, 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 I just need to throw in here, my pre-college teacher friends and colleagues are going to be asking, well, what, what, you know, what do you in the world do you mean by modeling theory? I mean, do, do we really need to be talking about a theory, a theory of modeling? Do we have, you know, do we have time for this kind of thing? <laughs> I mean, as a teacher, you know, they're like, I have enough on my plate with questions like, you know, what do I do when my students are talking during a whiteboard <laughs> presentation? How do I manage my classroom time so I can get in all the subject matter, cover all the stuff in my AP curriculum or whatever? You know, how should I be, you know, communicating with my parents and administrators? Those are the questions that they, you know, principally want answered. But having said that, nothing is more, as they say, nothing is more practical than a theory 
And uh, a good theory of modeling, sort of a top-level description of how scientists engage in the scientific modeling process, uh, that's important. Uh, mm-hmm. Make uh, how they make discoveries. It provides a crucial framework for both uh, uh, the teacher and the student experience in the classroom. So, uh, and because ult- ultimately science learning is greatly improved when you know science classroom reflects scientific practice. Having a grasp of modeling theory is important. So, a modeling theory. Um, what can I say? A modeling theory is going to you know provide answers. Uh, to, to basic questions like, uh, what is a scientific model? I mean, wh- what makes uh, a scientific model unique? And how are they created and developed? So, for example, let me ask you a question, Mark. You know, uh, is is a scientific model the same or different? Or I ask your audience, is a scientific model the same or different than a scientific representation? Hmm. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so these are the kinds of questions we engage science teachers in at workshops. Is like, yeah, you know, uh, is it is a data table uh, a model, and 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 so this kind of stirs up those questions uh, that underlying everything we're doing with the modeling method of instruction because it would be a terrible shame <laughs> to go to a two or three week workshop on modeling and leave not really knowing what a model is or right. what we mean by scientific modeling because you know ultimately a daily you know as we implement the modeling instruction we're trying to communicate to students you know that the intellectual core of what we're doing are these scientific models mm-hmm. so we absolutely have to have a picture sort of a model of modeling that we can use to motivate everything that we do in, in the classroom one that we understand that we can communicate to like a 16 year old and that's important and that's what modeling theory gives you so I guess the most important thing I've learned about modeling theory is just the I guess the richness and diversity with which one can describe uh, the scientific modeling process and uh, um, and and how we use that process to learn new things. Now, How's that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, it's an important question for modeling teachers. You know, teachers who follow the modeling method, but. But my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that developing models in the in the classroom is about establishing a storyline for the students to follow, to understand the principles that are are being taught. And does that does that kind of resonate? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, one should make it this distinction. There is. Uh, there are the models themselves. The models are stories. The uh, models are, are stories that we tell about what nature is like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but when we talk about modeling storylines in the classroom, that's that's different. That's sort of uh, that's sort of like the intellectual journey that we're going to take in mm-hmm. the classroom um, something that uh, maybe there's a there's like a central route that maybe the teacher has in in mind like students will encounter this first and that and this is how we're going to develop the concepts but also give some flexibility for student exploration and maybe side routes can be taken as well all of that falls into what we call a modeling storyline mm-hmm. so yeah I, I don't know is that distinction helpful 
I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. You teach it um, the in university level, college level. Right. Right. Do you use modeling instruction in your classrooms? Oh yeah, it's you know for the past twenty five years, it's 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 central to everything that I do. So I teach a a physical science classroom, mm-hmm. and these are eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds just out of high school, non science majors, mm-hmm. and it's full on wall to wall modeling in my mm-hmm. classroom. So mm-hmm. all the all the you know, all the things that you think about or associate with modeling are happening. My the whiteboards, the dry erase markers, and all of that. And uh, nobody else in my department, you know, I, I'm a physicist in a department of physics, but they don't want to teach this course, you know, for the non-science majors. I think they're afraid of it. So they're like, <laughs> they give me complete freedom. They're like, look, Mark, you do whatever you want here. Um, and just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Let us teach the upper level choruses, and uh, um, it was so funny when I first started at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. The course is called Physical Science, has this really general name, and I was told that the guy before me who taught in that class was so afraid of teaching this course that one time he was found hiding in the bathroom during his class session. Oh my. <laughs> Anyhow, so I went in there and and after three or four years, I was you know this is back in the early two thousands. I was already doing doing the modeling method of instruction and was connected with with the Arizona State University group and Jane uh-huh. Jackson, all those people way way back. Um, okay. In fact, we were we were doing summer modeling workshops at the, at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh for four years from two thousand two to two thousand. Six, hmm. I believe, um, and so I've been I've been doing modeling for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, I, I do elements of modeling in other courses I teach, even our algebra-based physics. And like I said, even today, you know, uh, I teach. A, you know, I've been teaching. A, actually, I offered a graduate-level course in particle physics, work modeling. You know, the modeling theme was at the core. How did you get introduced to modeling instruction? 25 years is a long time. What, what happened back then that got you going with uh, modeling? Oh, yeah. That was kind of quite the intellectual revolution for me. Um, 1999, I just, I was just, you know, I got my PhD in experimental particle physics at the University of Minnesota. I got this job at UW Oshkosh. I'm like, what, you know, I, I have to teach these classes. And I, you know, even back in the 90s, um, I was beginning to try to envision myself as a teacher. And I was trying some different things when I was first at UW Oshkosh that weren't working so well for me. And I said, hey, somebody in a high school teacher colleague of mine said, why don't you go to this workshop? I forget who, I can't even tell you who it was, but I ended up going to a modeling workshop in 1999, I believe it was, with David Braunschweig, and he was out of Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, it was just a short workshop. Uh, It was like a week, and yeah. So I, I came out of that workshop 
um, saying to myself, nothing will ever be the same again. (laughs) (laughs) And I I immediately went to, you know, the Menards and got some kitchen paneling and started cutting up things. And um, they were all into fan carts at the point. So I went up going to the hardware supply shop and buying fan parts for fan units and developing, you know, basically created, you know, a fleet of fan carts that kind of goes with a lot of the horse emotion stuff they were doing. Right. And, uh, and, you know, the dry erase markers and as, you know, taking my first steps of, of, uh, trying to get my students to talk to one another with these whiteboards. It was an amazing time. Like I was beginning to see the, the power of whiteboard presentations and giving me sort of uh, an ability to see what was going on in their minds as they were learning, which was just fascinating to me. Learning to shut my mouth when they were starting to talk with one another or were trying to tell ask me what the answer was. I mean, it was all really... It was fun and new. And um, then Jane Jackson said, Mark, you know, why don't you write a grant, you know, to, you know, to do a modeling workshop at UW Oshkosh. And I was like, Jane, I don't know how to do this. She's like, she's like, no, you don't need to know what you're doing. I have this template here. Just fill in your name (laughs) and add stuff to these blanks. And so, and to my, to my shock, I got this grant four summers like a quarter of a million dollars run these workshops for four summers and uh i'm like i need help here because i obviously don't know what i'm doing and so i found i basically found the six about six teachers the best teachers i could find who were you know sort of experts in modeling and over four years while i was directing this program um not really knowing myself completely what the modeling method of instruction even was these six teachers took me under their wing and trained me and it took all four summers before i really got it where i was like okay that's why we are doing these whiteboard precision presentations that's you know that's why you do data linearization that's why you do all these things and it yeah yeah it took me like four years before i was i felt like i was fully trained Wow. Part, basically participating in the workshops in a program that that I was a director for. Yeah. And uh, and after that, you know, it took several more years. I would think it took me almost 10 years before I really found my own identity, I think, hmm. Hmm. as a teacher who uses modeling. And then I wrote a book and and then now I'm doing uh, you know, I now I'm I'm uh, doing um, modeling workshops myself and uh, for many years and so yeah it's 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 been an amazing ride it's been a really fun career and you know I owe a lot of that to to you know uh, the folks who created modeling and, and now the American Modeling Teaching Association yeah yeah um Okay, I have a couple questions, but first, I want, you mentioned you wrote a book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Just 
Uh, yeah, so I wrote a book on modeling because after, you know, 15 years of this and like I really need to put together, you know, uh, you know put down my own, you know, perspectives of what I see, um, what I think modeling is, my, you know, my modeling theory, if you will, or I, or maybe elements of it. And the so book the book is, is the called… Book. Oh, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, that, so, the, so, so the book is, is called uh, Deep Learning and Introductory Physics, published by… Information Age Publishing, and it went out in 2017 now. And uh, uh, exploratory hmm. studies, you know, ex deep learning and introductory physics, exploratory studies of model-based reasoning. And I, I go into detail about uh, different aspects of the model, you know, the scientific modeling process. I, you know, in the very first chapter, I take up the question of what is a scientific model. I, uh, I go into, um, you know, what what does modeling, uh, what should modeling look like in the classroom? And then I, 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 I launch into some of the research that I did about how students think and learn and reason with models and, uh, and really, you know, the principles, the ideas, concepts in that book are, were fed into, you know, the, the model, you know, the modeling workshops that I currently run. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, you you said that uh, when you got introduced to modeling uh, those many years ago, it was transformative for you and uh, really launched your trajectory as a teacher. And I've heard that so many times from modeling instructors as I've been I've done over 50 of these interviews with the podcast and and it's just astounding to me how many people say that same thing that it transformed them as a teacher and became the a pivotal point and so i just want to mention that if you're listening to this show and and uh you're not you haven't been exposed to one of the workshops you need to do that if you're a teacher you need to get going and and uh sign up for one of the workshops they're offered in many different online and face-to-face -face options and you can go to uh modelinginstruction.org modelinginstruction.org that's the home website for the AMTA American Modeling Teachers Association and find out about what workshops are available so that's a little plug because I think the AMTA is just outstanding. And, uh, you know, my wife is the one who's taught me about it. Um, hey, Mark, you're a member of the board yeah. of the AMTA. Yeah. Tell me about what that's like. I mean, what's been your experience as a board member and what kind of stuff you guys do? Um, yeah. So there's this board. It's a, it's a nine-member volunteer board. Um, we hold elections annually, and uh, by the way, we're always looking for new people. And so, <laughs> our goal is to, you know, provide guidance to the American Modeling Teaching Association. You know, the the executive team help the organization grow and carry out its mission. Um, and so, I'm on this board. We, you know, I, I I'm in a three year term. Um, and uh, my niche as a member of the board has been to develop the international branch for uh, AMTA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, after I got settled on the board, uh, I became chair of the AMTA Ad Hoc International Committee. Did that uh, for a while. And after, you know, 
I think over a year in that role, uh, I became president of uh, Modeling Teachers uh, International, which is AMTA's international branch and their newest subsidiary. So the AMTA has been focused in the U.S., and now it's expanding beyond that? Is that what this is all about? It's like getting modeling into schools and, and with instructors around the world? Yeah, I should say the AMTA has already always served teachers who were using modeling outside of the U.S., Hmm. but you have this name, American, in the title, right? Right. And so, we, you know, many modeling leaders uh, have traveled outside of the U.S., United States to give, you know, uh, modeling workshops abroad. But it's always been, okay, this is the American Modeling Teaching Association. Does that mean you, you know, you only serve teachers in the U.S.? And the answer is absolutely no. Um, we, we, we serve all teachers. And so, there was then this, you know, it was, it's natural to then ask, you know, um, if, if a new organization or a subsidiary should be created to emphasize our international mission. And so, so, uh, so last year, I'm very excited to share the, the, uh, the AMTA board created, uh, modeling teachers international. Okay. And, uh, and so, you know, its mission is to support uh, what we call international modelers. These are just teachers outside of the continental U.S. who are using uh, or exploring uh, the modeling method of instruction in their own classroom. And so, like the AMTA, you know, uh, we provide PD workshops for teachers, but we travel all over the world to do it. Uh, just in the past year, we've given modeling workshops in places like Latvia and uh, Hong Kong. And in a, f- in a few weeks, I'll be in the Netherlands giving a modeling method a workshop. And in the next year or so, groundwork is being laid for trips to Egypt and Panama. So it's all good fun. Wow. That's really cool. So are modeling instructors from the U.S. going out? into the other countries or are they are there people in the other countries who are grabbing a hold of this and kind of help and take it forward how's that unfolding um so all of the above so we have you know we're going out there but often we'll have local you know we'll have local support we'll have people who have known have some background in modeling and are you know helping to organize things locally and basically it's a partnership mm-hmm. um, and cool. uh, in some cases for example in in the workshop I gave in Latvia that grew out of a suite of modeling courses that we teach at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh called the Next Generation Modeling Courses for Teachers and and so we'll get we'll attract you know and that's an international outreach because these are online courses and so we'll get you know we'll get international modelers into those courses and that will create relationships that then evolve into modeling workshops for people new to modeling in those countries and so that's you know these things can happen lots of different ways sure um uh, you know, in Hong Kong, we had a longtime person who had been a part of the modeling community for a while. So, so then we could, 
you know, uh, you know, Ray Hawanski, the um, AMTA uh, XO, and I, you know, gave that workshop at Hong Kong um, this past fall. Uh, and uh, yeah, it could be different every time, um, but we're getting out there, and uh, um, it, you know, the more we do it, the more experience we have, the easier it becomes. And uh, but it's always it, it's always fun because right away we see the impact that modeling has on these teachers as they begin to explore it. And um, the workshops have been, you know, have been shorter, like just a couple of days, but we're hoping to return to those countries and give longer and longer workshops. So things really take hold in those places. Yeah, that's cool. Do you guys find that there's a language barrier at all in the, all these different countries with the language of teaching <laughs> these methods? There can, there, there can be. Um, like in Latvia, their English was pretty good, sort of half and half sometimes. The teachers that are further out in the country would come in. And, you know, I have this, you know, basically what I what I like to do and I'm going to do in Netherlands too, is I memorize a paragraph of their language so I can give a paragraph introduction in their own language, oh, that's cool. which they think is really fu- fun to see me, you know, but, but it's funny because I don't know where in the paragraph I am. I just have memorized all the sounds, <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, you know, English like science, English is going to be the central language. I think of, of, of our modeling efforts and Netherlands, they're really, their English is actually quite good. So I won't have to do much there. Um, but you know, when we go in, when I, in Latvia, I had to come up with a vocabulary list of modeling in Latvian, um, and we're going to be going to some pretty interesting places, I think, in the next five or ten years. Um, uh, some of these places, you'd wonder if I should be going there. <laughs> but uh, I won't go into any more of that. Um, okay. But we're, 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 we're going to go wherever the need is. And, uh, mm-hmm. and in some of those countries, it, the, the language will be an issue. But this is part of the, is part of the journey. Uh, of of creating um, of expanding our modeling efforts globally, creating a global uh, community, uh, a global modeling community. That's the vision that I have. That that I'd like to sort of, I guess, end my career with these last ten years. That's really cool, Mark. I guess physics is the same around the world. It works the same whether you, no matter which yes. country you're in. So, and when you have a science conference, usually there's there's a significant English component. But it's important, you know, for those local modelers to to have a place where they get that support, teaching yeah. modeling in their own language, in their own country. Of course, you have teachers who, you know, a, a slice of who we would like to serve are teachers who mm-hmm. are teaching in, um, you know, specialized uh, international schools. Uh, that's normally in English. But our, our, our vision for modeling teachers international is the is everyone in the whole globe and uh, so and in some sometimes you know everybody uh you know uh uh is welcome uh to mm-hmm. you know if you go go on to modeling teachers international website it's you know uh modeling teachers international uh one word dot org 
Uh, mm. You can you can get on our website, see what we're doing, get on our email list, uh, get involved, and uh, that's there. But despite our international re- reach, the f- the focus is the same. Despite our, our language barriers, the focus is the same: scientific models and modeling as a means to improve science education. So you know, it's the same ideas. Uh, things that you will hear at our international modeling workshops are the same that you would the same words phrases as you'd hear you know at a at a local workshop mm. like uh science is a discourse lead by nature concept first name second use multiple representation ask a question uh, things, ideas like models can be changed. Models make guesses. Models are scholarship. And importantly, modeling is not a curriculum. These are all ideas that, that, uh, that we would emphasize in a modeling workshop, whether here or abroad. I know the origins of modeling instruction methodologies came through Dr. Hestonese many years ago, and mm-hmm. his primary focus was with physics, but it's evolved into in, to include many other disciplines as well. Uh, exactly. You know, chemistry, biology. I heard there's some geology stuff going on, you know. So it's about how you teach that discipline in the classroom. So is that happening on the international level as well is it is it covering other disciplines besides physics so our international efforts are just beginning yeah. so it's like we are now where a you know where modeling was in the early 2000s where it's okay. like we're we're learning how to give workshops to a, a different kind of a different group of people mm-hmm. uh our you know the hong kong workshop in october was was I did I did the physics workshop. Ray did the did the you know the the chemistry, chemistry gave, yeah. gave a chemistry workshop, and so that's kind of where we are. But in the U.S., the innovations are you know the new the new hot stuff is going to be like the middle school yeah modeling, mm-hmm. and people are even getting into the mathematics modeling, which is a which is a huge area. That's sort of the the newest, latest, you know, stuff here. The international, you know, international efforts, they're not going to get there for, you know, probably another 10 or 15 years because that's sure. where we are. But, but uh, yeah, it does, did that answer your question? Well, so you're still in international modeling. The primary focus is in physics. I guess that's what it's my question pri- it, w- well, my efforts, I, we're trying, I, I guess I envision that in the first three to five years, mm-hmm. it's going to be the basic disciplines, physics, mm-hmm. chemistry, biology. You know, I'm a physicist, and so, uh, you know, I, the you know the workshops that I give uh, are going to be in, in physics because that's yeah. my, my area of expertise. But when I give, for example, when I give a workshop, I use the simplest, you know, if I give a two-day workshop, I, I, I come up with the simplest possible content that I can think of. So the focus is not on the subject matter content, but on um, the pedagogical aspects sure. uh, about yeah. models and modeling. And so, for example, in my two-day workshop, I do units on light reflection. That 
are accessible to middle school teachers, uh, high, high school teachers of any discipline, so that I can concentrate on those important questions like what is a scientific model and how does you know how does scientific model what does it look like in the classroom and so that focus will not be but once you get to like two and three work workshops then teachers you know then you you're getting you're drilling into the t details you're like you you know what materials are, are best to use for this and that what do you do when the student says this how are the you know, you know ways that students think and learn or fail to think and learn uh, in the specific discipline areas. Um, but that's a longer workshop that, you know, we're built, you know, we'd ultimately be building for, um, you know, as a new organization. Gotcha. Modeling um, is growing and changing. Modeling is, you know, the modeling approach to instruction. It, it was uh, a grassroots movement. Uh, by teachers and there you know while there are uh, you know there are materials modeling materials that we use to introduce teachers to the modeling method um, modeling itself is is uh, just that a method it's not a curriculum and it's evolving and within the modeling community there's this open invitation please join us and be part of creating what what uh, modeling in the classroom might look like in the future mm. um, uh, and looking at different ways that we can reach teachers uh, everywhere in the world um, uh, and that would mean you know uh, expanding the way that we do modeling workshops to make them for example to create more more powerful and creative experiences online because we are in the 21st century yeah and what a how a modeling workshop can be done um, is not you know how how can be done well that's going to change that's not going to be the same way in 50 yeah. years as it is now right. we need to prepare for that future and uh we need to you know um begin to uh you know, we need to you know, continue to expand upon uh this idea that um uh, that learning is greatly improved when what we do in the classroom reflects scientific practice. And that practice, right, is defined by the scientific modeling process. And uh, in the initial stages uh, are, you know, uh, the modeling approach uh, really emphasized inductive modeling. Hmm. Looking for mathematical patterns uh, from from direct lab experience, but there's more. You know, inductive modeling is not the only game in town. So we're beginning the modeling workshops are beginning to also you know open up to like looking at different new as you know aspects of the modeling process that haven't been explored or integrated into the classroom as much before, like like uh, using uh, analogies. Mm -hmm. And uh, looking at how how empirical models and and physical models function together to create the ultimate conceptual model, the story that you want to tell about the universe, and so so um, there's going to be you know a sort of a next generation of modeling uh, uh, that 
yeah, will begin to appear. So mm-hmm. uh, how we how we both how we look at the scientific modeling process, how we um, how we uh, envision you know the scientific modeling process uh, sort of occurring in the classroom, and how we train teachers in modeling. All of that's going to change uh, and evolve uh, in the next uh, in the next many decades. Yeah, that's really good. Gosh, I I could talk to you for a lot longer. <laughs> you have a lot to share, <laughs> and perhaps we'll do another uh, episode at some point with you if you're up sure. to that. Uh, it would be really sure. Cool. This has been fun. Yeah, it's really been great, and I I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. I know that uh, what you've shared is going to be meaningful to our listeners, and. Uh, I'm just really grateful to you, Mark, for taking the time to do this today. Thank you. Awesome, Mark. My pleasure. You take care. All right. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Science Modeling Talks. Head over to sciencemodelingtalks.com and you'll be able to listen to any of our archived episodes and access our show notes, which include guest bios, show highlights, and links to resources that were mentioned during the interview. While you're there, subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. When you join this community through our email list, we'll send you a link to a lot of awesome resources from the American Modeling Teachers Association. Okay, so that's our show. As always, remember to keep striving for excellence in your classroom.